Well, good morning. How many of you guys were at the conference this weekend? Oh, it was, I don't know if it was fun. Is fun the right word? <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, I am a... I am so proud of you guys as senior leaders. You guys have such a good family here. I'm just so thankful how you get behind Lee and Justin in such a beautiful way. And then you guys are just cultivating family. And it's so beautiful to, to see over the next last four years the beautiful transition with Mike. And oh man, you guys as a church family are just doing so good. This is really good soil. I'm really proud of you guys. And I'm just honored to, to still be part of just being with you guys. It's an honor to always be here. So my wife, Jen, and my four girls, we all greet you from Bethel, Atlanta. And um, yeah. So let's pray. Father, we... We are so thankful for the peace that passes all understanding. That these hearts and these minds are protected because you are the Prince of Peace and you live inside of them. And I just am really thankful for what you're going to do today. I thank you that we really are walking from glory to glory. And what Lee said was right. Next Sunday, it's just going to be the next level. Just because it's your nature and it's the nature of the kingdom. You're generous. And so, we just thank you for what you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we, we're going to talk about peace this morning. Say this with me. Say, peace to the world. That's what the angels proclaimed when Jesus came. He, they proclaimed peace on earth. Peace on earth. And I, I feel like that, that today I hope to give you some extremely practical things around the subject of peace and living a lifestyle of rest um, that I really pray change your whole entire life. Not just in this moment, but actually for the rest of your earthly life into your eternal life. So, we're going we're gonna to start in Genesis. You guys like Genesis in the beginning. 
So Genesis 1, Father just got done creating everything. He's the creator of everything. And I, I love the concept that the, the enemy, the enemy cannot create anything. He's not creative. But the Father is created, and He created a creative people, which is you and I. And after He, he got done created, being creative, I loved it. He just, he just encouraged Himself. He just said, oh, man, this is really, 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 really good. Like, it's really good. Everything I've created is good. And the people I've made in my image, wow, they're very good. They're beautiful. They're beautiful. They're created in my likeness. And I love the creation story because it gives us ground to stand on that what he created was good. And that's helpful um, to know and to look at in the context of what we're going to talk about. In verse, in verse 2, he says this, And on the seventh day, God finished all of his work. Every, everybody say, God finished all of his work. that he had done, and he, God, rested. Everybody say, God rested. Did you guys know that God rests? He rests. That's just really good news. So God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy, because on the seventh day, he rested from his work. And what I want to talk about is this beautiful precept, this principle that God actually does himself, which is rests. And he created time. Everybody say, God created time. I have enough time. I have enough time. You should put that on your mirror. You should really put that on your mirror. So, peace came to earth in the form of baby Jesus. I love that he was a baby. He was helpless. Jesus was helpless. He needed mama. Jesus was helpless. And I, I love that he, he grew up. I love the, the story of him being 12 and mom and dad wonder where he's at. And he's just like, uh, I'm just with my father. Wouldn't you know that? It's, it's got to be a bummer parenting experience when you're parenting Jesus. 
First of all, you lose him. You lose the Son of God. What kind of conversation was that between Joseph? You think that was a little bit of a disagreement, a little bit of tension happening in the relational marriage there? There's just a moment of growth for both of them. And I love that Jesus, that was full of grace and truth, did not come to abolish the law. He likes laws. He really enjoys gravity. Until he wants to defy it. And I love being in a supernatural culture that we actually have potential and possibility to live in this mystic world of the supernatural to do the things that he did in greater works. But at the same exact time, I loved that Jesus lived in the confines of limits. He didn't walk on water all the time. He would get in the boat. And I, I really appreciate that there's so much teaching almost saying that the, that the, the law is bad, and actually Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that was written to, so that we might live out grace and peace. And so this Sabbath day principle that Jesus seemed to be all up in the Pharisees' stuff on because they were always trying to trick him and test him. He actually saw the day of rest, the day of Sabbath, to be a, 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 a place of grace. And if you would, turn with me to Mark. We're going to go to Mark 2. In Mark 2, 27... Jesus is, is, is getting done lovingly rebuking the Pharisees. Don't you love when re Jesus rebukes you? Oh, it's so good. So good. And, but he ends up going in verse 27. He says this beautiful key phrase. Because up until this moment, they were slaves to the Sabbath. They had a whole bunch of rules and laws to follow. They were a slave to sin. They were a slave to this, this law that they, they, they tried with everything in them to walk out, but it was impossible, impossible. And Jesus came to make it possible through his blood and through his grace. But he says here, in verse 27, he says, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Everybody say this with me. The Sabbath was made for me. So Jesus and his Father, Father God, know how to rest. 
And, and I want to give just some real practical tools that have been life-changing for me and my family. And, and I began to explore this uh, subject of Sabbath being for me that every seven days, every seven days, I need to stop and put my trust on display. And this is what it looks like to put trust on display. I get to rest. I get to delight. I get to enjoy. I get to cherish. I get to have fun. I get to put all forms of work to the side because I put my full trust in Him every seven days. I used to live in constant burnout. My personality is, is super high strong. It's actually a beautiful personality. I love me. I would always, my mind would always be moving and working. My, my, my thoughts were so hard to find still places, and I was so thankful for being a part of this culture of, of just, you know, resting in the presence of the Lord. I remember the first time I saw, uh, I learned soaking. Do you guys know soaking? You know, flip on some worship and just lay in his presence and enjoy. Well, it took a long time to turn this puppy off. And about two years ago, I began to read um, books and different things. One of my, my favorite authors right now is Peter Scazzaro. And he just began to, to, to really, <laughs> through the power of the gospel and the word and the grace of the Lord, begin to convict my heart about how I was present day living. Because I would always be living for the next holiday or the next time I could actually get some rest. And I realized that me not walking out a present day, seven, every seven days a week, setting aside this beautiful thing called time, was actually me not trusting the Father as my provider, that He was going to take care of the world, Oh man, us pastors really like to carry the weight of the world. And I don't know about you, but his word says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And when you choose, I had to begin to almost force myself to learn to rest, to learn to enjoy. Because I felt guilty sometimes. In it. And that's why the, 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 the beautiful precept and principle that this planet, what God has created, the trees, the nature, entertainment, beauty, enjoyment, 
and to, and to actually take time to, to look at it and enjoy it and cherish it. Ha! Huh. But I was too busy doing the work for God to do that. And I realized I was putting faith in my efforts. And I love the concept of work because I believe that work is one of your greatest places of worship. And I love in, in Colossians, it says, Colossians 3.23, um, everything you do or whatever you do, work heartily as unto the Lord and not to man. Your work is your primary place of worship and sacrifice of praise unto him. The six days of everything that you do, your your, you're either changing diapers or, or you're working hard at your job to be a healthy provider or whatever you're doing. You get to do that as a sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Because in Genesis, right after Father God rests, it goes a little bit down into Genesis 2.15 and it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. You remember, this was actually pre-fall. Sin had not come into the world yet. And work was still present. Because our attitudes about work, our attitudes about what we do, are such a big deal. And if you have a bad attitude about your job, you need to come encounter the presence of God. And you need to repent. Because you ever come into church and you, you begin, you're like, oh, I don't feel like worshiping today. Life is hard today. I'm sad today. I don't want to worship. Do you ever push through? I love pushing through in worship. We won't get this opportunity in heaven. Do you know why? Because you'll see him so clearly. Everything in you will just respond. And he's inexhaustible. There's always more. Our beautiful prayer of God show me all of you is impossible. And it's beautiful. Because he's inexhaustible. There's always new places and faces and experiences with the, this inexhaustible, loving, kind father. That we actually get to trust with our jobs. With our work. But then we also get to set that aside every seven days for a 24-hour period to say, Daddy, I trust you. And I have one goal right now. It's unashamedly pleasure in you and connections, my spouse, my children, my friends. It's simply... Just enjoyment and pleasure and rest. And sometimes enjoyment and pleasure in that 24 hours looks like taking a nap. Sometimes it looks like doing something that you love. 
Sometimes it looks like you just being with your kids, just enjoying them, but you're putting work off because you're trusting God to take care of the world because the world is his. You're trusting God to take care of you as your provider. You want to find out if you really trust him? Practice Sabbath. Because most of us have a bunch of fear smack us in the back of the head and say, well, there's not enough. We have such, such a scarcity mindset as a culture. There's not going to be enough in the bank. There's not going to be enough. Rather than simply being presently present with God and friends and family and intimacy. Sounds a little bit like heaven. Sabbath was made for you to enjoy what he's given you. And I was just so exhausted, guys. I was just... And when I began to step out into risk and trust, because what I'm teaching on this morning is so countercultural. How do I say that? Counter, yeah, that, that word. Counter, thank you. <laughs> countercultural. This will defy what your culture tells you. It will defy it. And people will be attracted to the peace and the rest and the joy that you carry. God rested, guys. Look at this. This. Oh, man, I love it. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Exodus. So right after um, Moses is going through all the laws, and he begins to describe the, the, the law of the Sabbath, and, and that's why this is such a New Testament principle, and I'll, I'll talk about how there's grace um, the concept of grace and in, in, in the concept of time in a moment. But this has been blowing me away because about five or six months ago, um, the Lord spoke to me and I heard him say, this thing about Sabbath, about you trusting me, is connected to divine health. You, you, you want... Again, I love miracles. I'm the biggest fan. But if we're actually looking to build a culture, I want to build a culture of divine health. Because that looks like heaven on earth. And this trust in God to put work, to put everything aside for enjoyment, pleasure, rest, relaxation, joy in Him and in one another... Oh, it's so good. And this morning, at like 5 a.m., I found this. Ne I'd never seen it. So this is fresh. I heard it five months ago. I didn't have a scripture yet for it. Exodus 23. And again, he, he just went through all the laws, all the things you got to do. 
And those things that we had to do made us realize we have a giant need in our life for Jesus. Because <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't do this supernatural work, this supernatural life, this abundant life without him and his grace. We can't, it's impossible. And in this moment, he says this in verse 25, you shall serve the Lord your God and he will bless your, um, your bread, is that bread? Yeah, yeah it's hitting me. And your, wa- oh yeah, he will bless your bread and your water. And I love this. Because in the Old Testament, they would actually have to prepare prior to the Sabbath, right? They'd have to prepare all their meals. You knew that, right? So they, on, when, when they were in the wilderness, they couldn't gather on that day manna. They had, to, they had to gather the day before, and it was the only day, that, because God is present, this is the principle of him being his present presence, um, he, they would have to trust him, because every other day, their manna would go rotten the next morning if they tried to, to, to save it over. And so that one day, they had to... Um, They had to trust him. Oh, it's not going to go rotten today. So it was the only day in a seven-day period that it wouldn't go rotten. And so here, you're going to trust him with your bread and with your water, which now is our what? It's our provision, our money, our finances, those type of resources, our stocks. And then, he goes into, and I will take sickness away from among you. None shall miscarry. Or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. 120. It's man's days. That's how long we're supposed to live. And then he goes on. That's verse uh, 25. And 26. And I'm like, because ah! I've been praying into this thing for about 17 years now when I heard it was possible. When you begin to study Solomon's life and these kind of things, that it's actually possible to live in divine health. And that's no guilt for where you presently are, because that never helped anybody. But this principle of the Sabbath actually protecting a seven day period. Every week is life-changing. And so what began to happen is we begin to practice because that's what you get to do. This most likely, if you, if you begin to try, ready for the gates of hell just to come. I, I'm not teasing. Because everything in your life will scream at you not to do this. And if your yes is louder than your no's, it actually drives this place of peace. Why? Because this is dedicated and unto the Lord. And why this is so full of grace and so full of mercy is because this isn't supposed to be a cookie cutter, look like Joe, look like Justin, look like whoever Sabbath. This is supposed to be about you and your family and ultimately your community. And how you choose to take part in this. 
because we are all at different stages of life and we take this as a, as a law principle instead of a grace principle, we miss it. Because Jesus is actually the Lord of the Sabbath and he's full of mercy, truth, grace, and love which guides us, which guides, which stewards our ears towards him. And I, I remember just beginning to practice this, and oh my goodness, it was hard. It seemed like every um, important and urgent thing came up on the 24-hour period that I would try to do this. And I was thankful for having almost 15 years. I, start, I, I, I got some marriage counseling with, Dan, counseling with Danny Silk in my first year of marriage. It was life-changing. And I realized that, that my wife was my first priority of ministry. Your spouse is your first priority of ministry. First. And Jesus is zero because he's all-encompassing. It's, it's circular. It's everything in him, the abiding work. But I learned that 15 years ago, and, but still we would, together, we would just struggle with feeling burnout, feeling pushed, feeling pride from everything around us. Because there's more needs than you can fulfill. And that's why the Father fulfills all of our needs according to his riches and glory. The Father And so pressure in the Sabbath, if you hear this principle as pressure, you're going to be receiving a demonic influence. But if you receive this as pleasure through grace, you're going to see everything different. But this takes work, and it's not about work. Why? Because I have to learn how to say no to urgent, important things all around me all the time. And I love this journey for me um, because, again, when we think of work, many of us have different definitions of what work is. And so I'll give you an example. I, I, I love woodworking. I love messing around. Oh, man, this stuff is so beautiful. Where's he at? Oh, so good. The craftsmanship is just beautiful. I love it that we're creative because of our Father. You're so creative. There's a glory in this. There's glory. There's worship in this. This is so beautiful. So I love messing around. I'd, I'd like to learn this. <laughs> and it's not the perfection of what I do. It's simply the, the I find enjoyment, enjoyment in it. Again, I wrote a song the other day. I've been dreaming about writing songs. I used to be in a band for a worship team with beautiful people, amazing people for years. I always felt like this writing thing in me. The other morning at like 4 a.m., I just start singing this song out, and I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of good. <laughs> Write it down, I'm like, it's good for me. It's not like top 40 good. <laughs> top 40, does that even exist anymore? <laughs> Is that like... But I, I remember, so I, I, would, I would love to practice on my Sabbath just tinkering. And again, I have young family. This doesn't mean certain things. It's not like you can go, kids, no poopy diapers on the Sabbath. There's no pooping in here. This is a, a, a day of glory and rest. We don't poop. We don't poop today. 
No, no, no. You take this with where you're at in life. There's no pressure in this. But you've got to actually discover what you like. And for some of that, there's this, I, I don't know. I didn't know I was allowed to like things. I thought I was just supposed to take up my cross and follow him. I traded in rest to be a professional Christian. Performing for my father. And he just would weep. As he trying to saw me save the whole world but lose my soul. And so I'd, I'd find myself tinkering and just the kids would be around. We'd just play together and, and, the, and the making stuff. And dad, what are you doing? What are you making? And, and I love it. And well, uh, um, in January of this year, because of the adoption process, Jen and I are adopting a baby. And we, um, we, we, we knew, we, we took some risks. I, I hate debt. I hate it. I hate being slave to debt. And so we've had this principle, you know, for pretty much our whole life since Bethel. We don't want to be in, in, in debt unless the Lord's breathing on something. And so um, the Lord breathed on us, taking out this little tiny loan to, to finish our house. We, um, for the last five years of owning our home, we've lived um, the upstairs. We've only had uh, plywood down because when I moved in, it was a foreclosure. So we ripped out the carpet because oh, I have a little bit of thing with germs. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> So um, we ripped out all the carpet, and we, we hadn't been able to, uh, we hadn't saved uh, enough money to be able to put flooring down. So we lived on hardwood, I mean, um, plywood up there um, for four and a half years. And we, we had started the discussion of, of really desiring to, to, to adopt a baby, but we couldn't do that until our home was finished. And so we took out this, lo we took out this little loan, um, uh, to finish our home, and I'm like, oh, I love remodeling my home. It's going to be so much fun. And so I go in full bore, and I'd already been beginning to practice the Sabbath principle, beginning to practice every week, take a 24 hours that was dedicated to the Lord and pleasure and enjoyment and rest and connection, and that's it. And I'm like, oh, cool. I get to work on my house in the Sabbath. Well, let me tell you, three weeks in, I ran into the same friend who's not a friend, which is anxiety, pressure, fear, scarcity. And I'm like, what? I said, honey, what is wrong right now? What's wrong with me? I don't understand. I'm feeling... A little depressed, a little anxious. I feel like I need a vacation because holiday's the answer. And I hadn't felt that for a while. And again, love holiday. And I, I, I go, oh, because there's actually a timeline, we set a timeline on ourselves to finish the house, um, to, to, to work with the adoption uh, um, people so that we can uh, just uh, move forward. And, and so I set a, a healthy timeline on myself, and I, I realized that 
on my Sabbath, I was actually, that, that work that used to not be work, that was simply fun and tinker and pleasure for me, was actually work. I still love work because it's a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. I still enjoy work. But I realized it was robbing me from something very practical that the Lord had in my life. So I'm like, oh, this is easy. I just get to repent first. I actually, it wasn't like this deep-seated, God, I'm so sorry. It was simply like, oh, change the way I think. I didn't realize this would hurt me. And that's where the grace comes in. You actually get to practice. This isn't something you put in your schedule this week. Sabbath, now i got to do it. I have no clue what I like. I have no clue what I enjoy. I've been a workaholic for years, but, but, but. No, it's, oh, I just get to receive this. And then slowly, one foot in, the other, in front of the other, just like a toddler, a little shaky. I fall down every once in a while. And that's how this principle's been for me the last two years. So I fall down all the time. And, there, I, and I don't feel the punishment of the Lord. I feel the pleasure of the Lord. And he says, oh, it's okay. You're just a toddler when it comes to Sabbath. You didn't know. I, I was weeping this morning about this. Because I, I felt like my life has been robbed in my previous history. So I was mourning that. Because I felt this pressure to do. And I got some good freedom back in 2004 when I sat on Father's God's lap. And he said, you don't have to do a thing and you're worth it. But I didn't know how to put that into my time. Which is your responsibility and no one else's. Nobody's going to manage this for you. The world's actually going to come alongside you and say, you're crazy. What do you mean you can't come make $10,000 today? Because it's my Sabbath. Father, what are you saying? No, this is actually the favor that leads to a curse rather than the favor that leads to a blessing. And I want to know the difference. How are we doing? Take a deep breath. Oh, we're just going to enjoy this. All right. And this, the whole goal, is all for the alignment of body, mind, soul, and spirit, guys. This is peace. This is actually to live in peace. And I'm just going to end with this. And I love this. Isaiah 9, 7. To the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. It's one of the reasons I'm so proud of you as a community. So proud of Mike and Justin and Lee in this transition. Because his, Mike's ceiling, the things that he's paid a price for, Justin and Lee get to step, you as a body, get to step with him into the increase of heaven on earth. And one of the manifestations of heaven on earth is peace. And almost every single generation since Jesus has not known what to do with peace. Because we end up trading peace in for something we think we get fat and happy, which is not true experience of life. We get uh, apathetic. Because the previous generation paid for something rather than building on that, 
You just go, oh, miracles, we see them all the time. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I walked on water yesterday. I'm good. That's an, old, that's an old truth now. No, no, no. This kingdom is meant to be like a layer of a cake, just constantly built upon that we get to enjoy. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace. And this is practical peace. And it's going to take some massive not fair. Maybe. I did it this morning. Just full on bawling. <laughs> Justin's hot tub at like 4 a.m. <laughs> Might take some of that. Because after you begin to taste Sabbath rest, oh, like how did I not live like this? Father's like, I know. Because you thought it was religion. You didn't know it was actually joy in me. You didn't know it was actually trust. You guys want to take you guys want to take part of this? You want to taste? Do you want a taste of this? It's your choice. It's your choice. I love that growing up experience when you get hit with it's my choice. You're not gonna control me, God, but that's been my prayer forever. Do it. He's like, no, I trust you with the promised land. I trust you with the kingdom. I trust you with the growth. Growing yourself up in an area that you may be a baby right now. And that's beautiful. Because there's no brokenness about you. There's just health in Jesus. I love you guys so much. I'm so proud of you guys. You guys have been growing so much. Every time I come, just the, the little river of glory, oh, little honey pot, so good. So good. Stand up with me. If you want this, I want you to put up your hand. If you don't, don't. I'm dead serious. It's a choice. Because this isn't just something you receive. This isn't something that I'm going to go bomb and shooby booby bam you. <laughs> if you want this, put up your hand. And don't look. It doesn't matter about the other people around you. Just close your eyes. <laughs> Father, we just receive your rest. We just receive your rest. Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. For me, it's been taking my shoes off and going in my yard and picking up rocks. The most weird thing in the world. Super weird. And I walk away just glory, sometimes in this like ball of a mess of crying and weeping. Just the joy of rest. I mean, it's just like this glory blah. And you're going to find what it looks like to you. It's not about what it looks like to your neighbor but it's about what it looks like to you and for you to instill it in your children, for you to instill it in the people around you. So we just release this glory, this glory that you said was good, that you rested, Father. We say we want to be like you, but then we deny what you do. 
We don't want to be professional workaholic Christians. We want to be rested Christians who work really hard six days a week. But then we know how to just enjoy connection. It's all about connection. And this is actually a step of faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please you. And we just put faith in the trust that you will take care of our finances. <laughs> that you actually will take care of our health. That you will take care of the world. <laughs> and this one day a week, we just get to stop and trust. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen.